0: It's always been a balance, right, to try to figure out your course schedule, especially when you're getting into grade 12. Like, what do you have to take? What will your electives be? There's something new on that mandatory list this year, too. It's Indigenous Studies, a course that has been years in the making. And we're going to learn about that process now and what's in this latest course. Joining us is Joe Crona, who's an education consultant, and author of YUA, Indigenous Pedagogies and Act for Reconciliation and Anti-Racist Education. Joe, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Well, how long has, it, has this kind of course been in the process? Well,
1: the the implementation of this specific grad requirement has been a couple of years, but um, there have been First Nations in the province and education organizations that have been advocating for having an Indigenous-focused graduation requirement for many, many years now. Um, There are, within this requirement, there are a suite of courses that students can choose from to satisfy the requirement, and they can be taken in grades 10, 11, or 12.
0: All right. And so how do you develop a curriculum for something like this? When something is mandatory, I feel like that's going to take a lot of work.
1: Absolutely. I think we were really fortunate in B.C. in that um, over 10 years ago, there was development of an English First Peoples 12 course, which is an Indigenous-focused course in the English language arts stream that satisfied graduation requirements. And and there's been um, B.C. First Nations Studies 12. Uh, There are now other courses at grade 10, 11, 12 uh, level that are all indigenous focused but they they may satisfy a social studies requirement like they may be in the social studies stream of courses or they may satisfy an English language arts requirement um, so there there's some flexibility in what course would meet that requirement. The requirement can also be met by a First Nations language course, and there are a number of those that are offered in the public system around the province. And school districts can also develop a locally developed graduation uh, level course that would meet the requirement when they develop that in collaboration with a local First Nation.
0: See, a lot of work, sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> so can you explain to me here, Joe, what, what will somebody learn? What will a student learn taking this course?
1: It it depends. it depends which course they take. For the requirement. Um, so, for example, if they take an English, many school districts right now are offering the English First Peoples 10, 11, or 12 as, as the option for students. And there they would learn all the skills and competencies that you would take in, in any other English language arts course, but you'd be focusing on authentic indigenous literatures, oral and written, visual. Um, so, what's really exciting about this is it's not um, relegating this learning to like a history course. It's not not relegating it to any other specific type. If, you're, if, for example, students are taking the English Language Arts 10, 11, or 12 course, they would be learning about you know, the history of this country through um, different stories um, of, of Indigenous peoples across the country and across the continent. But they'd also be learning about the contemporary context of BC and Canada, and, and that's a really important piece because that's going to help us take good steps moving forward in the future as well.
0: Yeah. So, Joe, what do you think the result of this, how will we benefit from this?
1: Oh, goodness. Well, one of the things um, I think that's that's part of the, the understanding of why it's important is it helps address the gap that has been in our education, K-12 to education system and most post-secondary systems, you know, for decades and decades. Um, what we don't want is more learners coming out of our K-12 system without the, the knowledge and understanding, the breadth of knowledge and deep understanding of Indigenous peoples in this province and country, that ha- that happened for so many of us coming through the K-12 system, and, po- or, and possibly post-secondary systems as well. And and when we think about you know the impact of our education system, the more knowledge and understanding that learners have when they leave it, you know, the better our larger society ends up being, and the more. Um, I think the more we are able to move forward in a really good way uh, with reconciliation in this country.
0: Is there a way to tailor this course so that different students in different parts of the province will learn about the Indigenous people in those areas?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So within within any of the uh, provincial uh approved courses that would meet the requirement, there is an element of connecting with local nations on whose territory a school or a school district operates. So that's part of it. And then if a school district or um, an independent school decides to develop a local, locally developed course that would meet the requirement, that course has to be developed in collaboration with the local First Nation. So that um, we're ensuring that the priorities of the local nations are reflected within those courses as well.
0: It does feel like this was a long time coming, doesn't it, Jill? Like, I'm thinking oh, back to when I was in high school, and it was always like, we, don't, we didn't really learn a lot about our history.
1: Absolutely. You know, we've been, we've been talking about, for a number of years, since the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, we've been talking about reconciliation through education. And there have been movements within BC, B.C.'s education system, you know, uh, an increase in Indigenous perspectives and content within the curriculum but it's still kind of a little hit and miss. And, and you know, there have been elective courses available. Like, for example, the English First Peoples course has been um, a provincially recognized course, meets graduation uh, requirements, meets post-secondary entrance admission requirements for about over 12 years now. But fewer than 5% of students are graduating with an Indigenous-focused course. So we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, I think, for over a decade, how important this is. But we had to get to a place of saying, you know what, it... If this is important, then it needs to be reflected in what's mandated in our system.
0: And is this something that is already reflected at the post-secondary level,
1: for instance? Yeah. Uh, in, some, in some areas, there are some programs and some post-secondaries that um, require an Indigenous-focused course. Um, you know, It might be within a, a law program, for example. You might have to have an Indigenous-focused course. What we're hoping to see is that it becomes more widely reflected in all post-secondaries across the country.
0: So it's a work in progress. Absolutely, yeah. as it always seems to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. What's exciting is that BC is is often leading in education um, in, the, in the in many part, education jurisdictions in this country, and and we're doing that here right now. Um, I think there are going to be other provinces that look towards what BC is doing um, as as a model, as a potential model for a way forward.
0: Sounds interesting, Joe. Thank you so much for your time on that. Thank you. That is Joe Crona, who's an education consultant and author of YIWA, Indigenous Pedagogies, an Act for Reconciliation and Anti-Racist Education. There is a new mandatory grade 12 course uh, for students, high school students, this year, and it involves Indigenous studies, and that has been a long time coming. I wish there had been something like that when I was in high school. I think it would have been fascinating to take that, to learn more about you know Indigenous peoples here in B.C., Didn't really learn a lot about that when I was in high school at all.